What up, what up, what up? You tuned in to the Jose Morales Podcast, where we talk sports, business, and everything in between. I am your host, Jose Morales, and we're at my boxing academy. Joining me in the ring today is somebody very special to me, man, for real. This guy made a huge impact in my life. His name is Rodney Anderson, but if you hear me talking to him, I call him Rocky. Rocky, welcome on, Rocky. What do you got to say? Say what's up, Rocky. Good, man. How you doing? Good. Good to see you. Good to be back in the ring. Yeah, I know. It's been a while. It's been in the gym. First thing he says is, damn, I miss this place. Yep. Walked in, man. You can smell the smell. You see the ring and just, man, I, I miss it. Uh, we have a long history that actually started in the same building that we're in right now. Yep. 2008? Uh, yeah, I would say 2007, I think. Seven? 2000, yeah, yeah, 2007, seven, 2008. I think it was 7 January. Yep. I'm, oh, I remember it was January. Yeah, it so was. I remember. It was cold. Yeah, I remember that. I remember um, too. Getting up early, coming in. That's when I used to come in the early, the yeah, early 7 sessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yep. That was a good group with Rob, Rob, Kelly, Jackie, you. Yep. yep. That was a fun group. There was a good, good group of us. Yeah, good group. And 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 this is um, this well, I'm gonna bring this up. That group and all these people that I was around I, at the time, I was 17 years old. I'm yeah. 16. You wouldn't tell us how old you were though. Yeah, we had. They asked you all the time. It was a rule, man. We couldn't say. We couldn't say. No, no, no. I could believe it. I mean, you guys were tight to the vest with it. You didn't let yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah. So we were we were young. I mean, I was 16, and I think that actually played a big role in my life because I was around people like you here in the gym, uh, professional, educated, successful. You know, and I was a high schooler around these people. Sure. Think about that. Yeah. I was a kid in high school. But you were well above your age, man. You, yeah. You, you were. Yeah. You, you definitely didn't act like you were a teenager, <laughs> man. So, you know. You, so, yeah. So, you didn't, think I, you, you didn't think I was 16? You could tell you were young just by the way you looked, but not the way you acted. I mean, you carried yourself really yeah. well. Um, yeah. You, you, you didn't act like a teenager. Yeah. Cause, so. Yeah. I think about it now. I think it had played a big role because. When I went back to hang out with like friends in school, I was like, "Bro, the hell, the things you guys are doing is like, nah, I'm not really trying to do that." Yeah, you know, you're I had, mature, man, for your age. Yeah, for sure. so I had a different vision, but I, I, I blame it on that, and I think I'll thank Angelo and Carrie for that because they're the ones who gave me the opportunity sure. to be that way. There's always steps in life you can yep. look back and look at and go, man. Whether it looked like it at the time, it was a great step and, and it led to bigger and greater things. Yep. Uh, thank you for coming on. By the way, Rocky does not like video, does not like pictures, does not like anything that has to do with, does not like social media, he does not like any of that. And I asked him to do this, and he said, I'll do it for you. And he's like, but he's not a big fan of it. So thank you, Rocky, of for course, uh, for stepping out your box and making it happen. Yeah. You, you have, do it for me. I always say if I if someone would do it for me, I, I would do it for them. Yeah. So that's what thank you, you Rocky. Of course. I honestly love your story. I think I told you this in person. Like, your story is fucking re incredible. Like, everything from the beginning to the end to where you're at now and where you're going. You're growing, your business, your family, everything about you I love. Oh, and I, the re for me, being around you and hearing all these things that you're doing and seeing all the things you're doing as a young man, it motivated me. So that's why I was like, it's very important to have Rocky on and have other people hear it so they get motivated, like how I got motivated by you. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate it, man. Thank so you. So that's why this was so important for me to have you on here. And plus to share all our memories and to share everything that um, 
that evolved from our relationship. Sure. You know, started I mean? just by signing up. And, and I always wanted to box when I was a kid and my mom would never let me. So <laughs> um, the gym was too far. They were working. I mean, back when I was young, parents were working full time. And so, you know, the, the latchkey kid, you, you had your key, you got in after school, no one was there. And so I didn't have the ability to go to the gym and go boxing, but I wanted to and couldn't do it. So I just remember being older and, and driving by and seeing primetime boxing. And it just like, well, let me give him a call and no one can tell me no now. So I called and signed up, man. I remember the first day I walked in and you guys were there and the rest is history, man. But it was one of the better things I've ever done for myself personally too, was walking in the gym that day. Yeah. So you guys have done as much as you say I've done for you. You guys have done for me and, and I'm glad I walked in that day. Yeah, it was, it was, um, one thing that I remember so clearly during those times is the fact that even after I left, you and I kept in touch. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. You yep. check on me. We'll go to lunch. Yep. I remember. Yeah, you the, even came and trained me at my house for a little yeah, while. Yeah. All those things were just very special. You know what I mean? Like, damn, bro. Rocky's. And you went to all my fights local. You know, you would drive to go watch me fight. Yeah. These are all things that I will always remember. And yeah. it was like. Me too. Rocky's always been down for me, man. Like, Rocky's always been a really good friend, genuine friend. And I appreciated that. Um, but. Tell us about your story, man. That's what I'm so excited to have you share, man. You you grew up in the Knox, Oxnard area, Oxnard, right? Ventura, yeah, Ventura. Ventura, California. Uh, those that do not know where that is, that's Southern California by L.A., L.A. area. Yeah, yeah, in between L.A. and Santa Barbara, so yeah. it's centralized. But, yeah, it's uh, about an hour and a half from L.A., um, close to the beach. Um, yeah, good area to grow up in, but a little rougher than up here for sure. But, yeah, um, you, you had a Buick Regal. Yeah, yes. yeah tell me about the Buick Regal. <laughs> that was my first car, but you know, I, <laughs> I uh, really young age, I I realized I was more of a worker than than someone who went to school. I, I didn't do really well in school. Um, did, I only, what I, were your parents like? Did they have a? Were they like? They stayed married until they? they both worked. They were both full time in the grocery industry, so they both worked uh, for Safeway or Vons. Um, one was a, my dad was a manager. My mom was a bookkeeper. Uh, I remember my mom going to work really early in the morning, like one two o'clock in the morning and she'd get home usually right after we went to school um so i just remember them both working full time i mean they a lot of my sporting events and things i mean they, they just weren't there um not that they didn't want to be but just the way working. it was yeah, yeah they, they were working. working my grandma lived with us for a, lo a long time when we were young so she would be there when we got home so it was nice to have someone there but you know it wasn't my parents um but at the end of the day um i always just struggled a little bit in school and I, I had a paper out when I was 14, um, loved it, was making money. Um, quickly once I, uh, you got to explain paper out. People probably don't know. Oh what man. Yeah. Is. Well, back in the day, you used to have to, <laughs> you used to have to wake up early in the morning. Um, and I remember this it, was it, a social media back then. Yeah. The, the newspaper, of course, you know, you didn't, you didn't pull it up on your phone. You had to go on your porch and go out and grab it. Um, but it was a seven day a week job and that paper had to be delivered early in the morning on, on the weekends. And, um, uh, so I remember my kid, my friends, all wanting to do something and hang out and i was i had to wake up at like 6 30 in the morning because those papers had to be on the porch by a certain time and um but you'd wake up you'd roll the papers put them on your bike roll around and you had the 30 40 houses that you had to drop the papers off to and then at the end of the month you had to go and collect it and I mean, that was fun you're knocking on the doors and people are ignoring you you know you're trying to collect your dollar and 40 cents for the paper for that month and that's the only <laughs> way i got paid was i had to go collect all the money and then the newspaper would send me a bill i'd send them theirs and i would keep what's left over but i had to go collect all that money door to door 
and um you know you'd hear people in there you know they were in there but they weren't answering so you had to come back the next day to try to get the buck 25 or whatever it was but um that was a paper route so i just started really early figuring out that i liked to make money um I wasn't really good in school. I, I did okay, but wasn't DC student at best. Um, you graduated? No, I, I only made it through high school through uh, my first semester of 10th grade. And then at that point, I went dropped out. I went to continuation school. Um, I got in a lot of trouble. I got in some trouble that caused me to you know, make a decision that like fighting trouble. Or um, no, I got in some trouble with the law. Um, oh. Yeah, I was hanging out with the wrong people. Um, one of the things that I regret the most about my childhood is just, but I feel like it made me. It made you who you are today. Yeah. But I, I do regret some of the th decisions I made, some of the, the people that I hung out with. And, and instead of playing sports, I, I remember the, the biggest uh, impact for me was right in between my eighth and ninth grade year. Everything in eighth grade, I was sports driven, everything. And for some reason, between going to middle school and high school that summer, I was signed up to play football and I was going to go, you know, try out and it was early in the summer, but then started hanging out with my friends, messing around with the weed a little bit and, you know, just, just doing not the right thing and just told my dad, you know, I don't want to play. I don't want to play football. And I was really good at baseball growing up, uh, all stars, um, things like that. And, and I didn't even, once I stopped playing football, I didn't get into playing baseball. I never played sports in high school, which was you know, That's one of my biggest thing. regrets. Yeah. Um, and instead I wasted my time hanging out with people that, you know, they were friends at the time, but you know, they didn't have my best interest in mind. And, and, uh, looking back, that would have been one of the biggest things that I would have changed, but yeah. it, it made me who, who I am. Are, yeah. yeah. I, I was able to work. I knew how to hustle and make a dollar. I, I quickly, when I dropped out of high school, I had a full-time job. So at the age of, you know, 16, I had a full-time job as a in the grocery business, of course, because my parents were. But even though they told me not to, I got into the grocery business. Oh, and, they told you not to? Yeah. They I said, stay that. out of it. Because back in the day, they paid pretty good. So they would get you in. And my parents always felt like if they got you into the grocery business. They'll keep you there. Yeah. You start making that kind of money and you really, it's hard to get away. So they encouraged us not to get into it. Although all four of us all got into it at one point. Um, but now, me and all my siblings, were all self-employed. 100% um, commission by... Uh, employees and um we all we all hustle and do it none of us you know working for the man but um we all got in the grocery business to start with but got out of it so thank goodness um <laughs> i feel kind of the same way with my, like my family is not grocery but my family is all restaurant business okay everybody in my family works or worked at one point in the restaurant and my first jobs were in the restaurant sure my first jobs all restaurant and uh, and I tell like when I have relatives that go in the restaurant, I tell them the same thing. They start getting tips and all this is fast cash. Like, oh, I got all this cash, which yep. isn't a lot. But when you get it in four hours and you get all this cash, it yep. feels like it's damn. It was only four hours of work. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to get just sucked in there and you're fucked. You're in there 10 yep. years, still still a waiter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you rely on that 40 or 50 bucks a night or 100 bucks in tips that night where when on a normal job, you're going to have to wait a whole week to get your money. And yeah. so it's, it's Very you rely on trapped. it. Yep. And that's what my parents didn't want. But we all got into it. But I was a full-time job at 16, um, making it happen. And... You know, when I was 17, I think it was just, yeah, about just over 17 years old. And my mom, you know, at that point decided she was going to move out. Me and my brother and my mom were living together. My mom was going to move out and a friend of ours moved in. So I've been on my own since I was 17. Um, and 
we made it work. We went out, we realized we, you know, the toilet paper just doesn't appear. You got to go and buy it. <laughs> so, you know, you take things for granted when your parents are there that, yeah. you know, things are always there and all of a sudden you realize they're not. But, um, Again, I feel like it, it made me stronger. I knew how to how to make a dollar and, and um, do a budget and you know, made a lot of mistakes coming in uh, growing up. But looking back, I can always say that um, I've always worked hard and that's helped me get to where I'm yeah. at now. Yeah. What, what age did you move here? You were how old? I was uh, about almost uh, 19 when I moved oh, here. Oh, so a couple years after yeah, that. Yeah, about a year and a half later, I moved. My roommate and brother decided they were going to move to Sacramento. So... I didn't want to. I was, I, was, I was not ready to go. I was living life down there. And again, you know, it's one of the best things that ever happened to me was them deciding they were going to move because I was going to stay down there. I was with my friends doing the wrong thing still and had no intention of leaving. But then when your roommate and brother decides they're going to leave, you have no choice. I couldn't make it down there on my own. Um, had no home to go back to. So I moved. And um quickly right after we moved here the roommate moved back i mean literally i stayed behind like a week and a half to clean up my job and everything when i was driving up he is he was already on his way back so really? his dad had already came up picked him up with his car and was driving all, all the way back to ventura so he hadn't even been here two weeks and was already moving why, back why was it so quick i, I don't know it. i don't know whether he was homesick or what it was but he just quickly packed up and so i literally i never even lived with him here for one day he was gone and went back my brother stayed here for a while for a couple years and then he eventually went back as well and but quickly after i got here life started happening i, I met who is still my wife today and um is that what kept you here? The fact that you met her and you had... I think so. I had a good job. I, I was able to land a pretty good job when I got here working for Dryer's Ice Cream. Yeah. Um, so I had a pretty good job. Uh, met Faith and, you know, just... You were like, yeah, no, yeah I was here. set. And then, uh, yeah, like I said, it was, it was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me was that because down there I wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. I was heading down the bad I, road. When we, were at, when we were at your house, we were, at, we were swimming this past time, remember? Mm -hmm. Um uh, you had mentioned something about that, that you got laid off. It was from that company, right? Yeah. Yep. Before I opened my restaurant. Yeah. So. You got laid off. Uh, tell me again. I remember exactly how it went. You said something about you got laid off. It was a blessing because now all those people that you work with that stayed there for 20, 30 years actually recently got laid off and looking for jobs. They did. Their, yep. And, and that was a now. job I would have probably stayed in for a long time. But uh, my wife was actually like seven months pregnant when that happened. And we didn't know what we were going to do. Uh, no insurance. Um, no income coming in. We were blessed to have owned a house at that time. So, you know, back early prior to, and this is another thing that happened in my life that wouldn't normally have happened. I was working for dryers. My wife was working for Rayleigh's and uh, we were renting a house and we were with a roommate, but we needed to go on our own. My wife was pregnant at the time with my first son and, um, she called me. I remember I was, I remember exactly where I was at. She, I, she calls me, she's crying. I'm like, what's going on? Cause we were going to rent this house. And, uh, she said, I said, what's going on? She said, well, I went to go give him the rent and he asked me if we had a dog. And I said, of course we got, yeah, my husband's got a dog and he's like, sorry, no dogs. You can't have a dog. And my wife, you know, takes the deposit back and he, he kind of asks like, what are you, you know, what are you doing? And she's like, my husband's not going to give away his dog. It's not even a question. So she's crying and upset because we don't have a place to rent. We thought we were going to have a place. So I'm like, you know what? Screw that. 
call my, my brother-in-law was a lender, mortgage broker, which is what I do now. But I said, you know what? Let's fuck that. Call Mike. Let's try to get qualified for a home loan. So we called my brother-in-law and he said, yeah, you guys together, you qualify for 170 grand. Um, here's what your payments would be, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like, fuck that. No one can tell me I can't have a dog. No one can tell me shit if I buy a house. So we bought a house um, at, you know, we we're probably 20 years old, uh, 21 years old, um, bought a house and um, we were very blessed to have done that. I wouldn't have normally done that had that guy told me I could have had a dog. So, so he told me no. It, it was a good thing that it happened. Fuck yeah. At that time, she's crying. I thought, oh, shit. But it turned out to be the best the thing best that ever thing, happened yeah. because I bought a home at that time. And then back to your question about you know when I got laid off, that's what kept us going. The, the fact that I had equity in that house. I bought that house for – we bought it for 144000 and um at that time it was worth like 280 to 300. So we were able to pull money out of our house, refinance, pull 30 or 40 grand out of the home and keep living while I found a new job and what I was going to do. So had I not done that yeah. in the past, I wouldn't have had that to fall back on. Plus I had a 401k and some, a little bit of savings from working at, at dryers, but, um, not much, not enough to, to live off of, but that was a blessing. I had that house and it wouldn't have happened had that step not happened. So yeah, that, certain things have happened in my life that I can look back and go, wow. I mean, my mom moving out, that was a blessing. My brother and, and um, roommate deciding they wanted to move up here was another blessing. At the time, I thought they were curses. I thought, oh man, this is not what I want. All those things that happened turned out to be great for me. So, you know, one of the things that I always look back at is you can't, you can't judge a book by its cover. And sometimes things seem like they're down right now with the coronavirus. I mean, you're going to have to look back three or four years from now and see what it really did because you can't tell in that time and, and, and present moment what it's going to look like. But for me, some of the worst times in my life have ended up to be the best. Yeah. It's really weird. True. It's really weird. It is. I feel like that with the corona right now because right now I'm forced to do stuff online, something I hated and I never wanted to do. Sure. And now I'm being forced to do it and I'm doing good at it. Yeah. And now I'm like, fuck, I have to keep doing it when we open. Sure. I'm good at it. That's now. great, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's true. I, I didn't see that a month ago. I yeah. didn't see it that way. I was like, oh, fuck. But, what am I going to do? And, yeah. and, and this could be a blessing if when you end up opening up and you have your, your repeat business that comes in and, and now online business. And so that's, that, that's, yeah. that's, that's the story, man. Let's, let's hope that, you know, uh, in bad times, there's good that can oh, come out of it. You just have to stay, stay hustling and, and keep moving and not let it get you down. And, you know, again, that's, I, I could have just went and looked for another house to rent, but it irritated me. And, and the fact that he could tell us no after telling us, yes, he didn't ask the question about the dog early on. He waited till we were like done, ready to sign the paperwork and then asked. It's like, it just irritated me. So I'm like, you know, I'm just sick of people being able to tell me what I can do. Let's buy a house. Best thing that happened in that time. So, and then you got your pizza place, right? Yep. So when I ended up, uh, Looking for something to get into, called my brother. Hey, I just got laid off, you know, and he said, you know, there's that old restaurant over there, Fast Freddy's, that's been sitting there forever. Um, got my wheels turning. My grandparents were always in the restaurant business. They were, my grandfather was a chef. My grandmother was a waiter, uh, waitress. And um, so they've all, they knew the restaurant business really well. I knew nothing about it, um, either to my brother, but... We, I had the money and the time. Uh, my brother, of course, had the time to. He works a full time uh, business, but he, after he got off of that business, he would come and, and run the restaurant because we were partners. So he basically helped me run, get the business running when I had nothing going on. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, made a few phone calls, talked to the guy. He was willing to. Um, 
uh, sell us the recipes and things like that and the equipment in there for really cheap. I think we bought it for like seven grand because it had been closed down. He wasn't going to do anything with it. Then I contacted the building owner of the, of the, that owned the building and, and, and negotiated a five-year lease. Uh, for the building at a really low rate because again the building was empty he wasn't getting anything so I was able to negotiate a pretty low lease on the building and um, went in spent about a month or two months cleaning that place it was nasty I mean when she closed when the last gal closed she literally turned the lights off walked out locked the door and left I mean dishes in there from the when she did from a year and a half dishes in there that she had just left what? there just this place was just Filthy. Filthy. Um, food, just cleaning out all this old nasty food out of there, scrubbing the place, cleaning she was everything. She for sure. She, just said, she ran it down to the ground. <laughs> yep. She wanted to go. She didn't want to run the restaurant business and be there. She wanted to go home and let teenagers run her restaurant, and you uh, just can't do that. you no. got to be hands-on. And So her restaurant quickly went in the ground. She just closed it, locked it up. Blessing again for me. Went in, was able to... Um, negotiate open it up um, about a month and a half after we got the lease we opened up and just turned the light on one day and i remember the first customer coming in sitting down like oh shit what do i do this is real you know, yeah i mean we had menus and stuff but we didn't know and that night was one of our busiest nights everyone came in we had friends and family coming in they would just jump behind the bar and help out and just do things just to make it work man and people uh People jumped in and helped me uh, make it happen. And my grandparents were a big, huge help on that, letting us know everything we needed to know. How but old were you then? I was 24, 25, maybe 26, somewhere in that range. Um, mid 20s, yeah. Um, didn't know nothing about it, but I figured it out really quickly um, and was able to run. And, and See, the business and, always paid for itself. Yeah, and you never, you didn't put too much thought into it. I think people can psych themselves out. Like you could have easily been like, I don't know nothing about pizza. I don't know nothing about the business and never sure. would have done it. Sure. You know I mean, just because you could have psyched yourself out. Yeah. But that's you a good said, point. Fuck it. I figured it out. Yeah. Shit. You made it happen and figured it out. I had to call, get business license and alcohol license and things that I did. I mean, new stuff was hitting me every day. Yep. And this, and this type is the kind of shit where uh, I feel like people are like that with everything in boxing, in life. People always tell me I'm not going to start sparring until I get in better shape or I do this or I get better at boxing. Motherfucker, you're going to get better by sparring. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Uh, get in the ring. I think I told you better. that before. Yeah, that's how you're going to get better. <laughs> Same thing with like uh, getting a business. Like you're not going to start up a business and know everything. You start it up and you fuck up and you know, learn as you go. Yep. And that's what you did. Because you literally knew nothing about restaurant. Nothing about pizza. Knew nothing. nothing I wasn't even. Anything. I didn't even cook, man. I maybe and could do some macaroni and a cheese. Pizza parlor, bro. Yeah, that's fucking insane. And you made it happen. Made it work. Yeah, and, and, and I was able to years? keep it over two years, two and a half years, and then um, was actually able to sell it, which a lot of restaurants don't sell. They yeah. close. That's how they end up. You know, at the end of the day, they don't have much. They most businesses, I would say, fail versus selling. And I was able to sell my restaurant. And I like, I like the story. I like this part of the story. Tell me where the, uh, when you sold it, how it went down. So I it like kind of got me in. So you know, the, the the only bad side of the story is the reason I sold is my grandparents started getting sick. Uh, my grandfather passed away, and it made it really hard. People came in the restaurant. My restaurant was really family feel i mean and that's what why we did so well people would come in and want to reserve the tables really early and stay there all night because we had grandpa behind people would come in hey grandpa they'd call him grandpa grandma would drop off salads and drinks and people felt like it was family and then when grandpa passed away it just 
everyone who came to the door, hey, where's grandpa? And it's like, it just made it tough. And grandma would get breakdown and just made the, made it really tough to keep the doors open. So I thought, you know, I can't keep doing this. My brother was working two jobs and was tough on him, you know, bless him for doing it. Um, but he was literally working from like five, six in the morning until like nine, 10 o'clock at night every day. Um, so it was tough. So I figured, you know what, let's just try to sell it. Um, called a real estate broker. Um, he came in, looked at the restaurant. We were selling it for a hundred grand. That's what we wanted to sell it for. It was a hundred grand. And, um, he was going to get a 10% commission, 10 grand for selling the restaurant. Six months went by nothing, nothing, nobody. I mean, six months is a long time to have a restaurant when you think you're on the way out and you're just sitting there day by day, grinding it out and waiting and nothing. I remember this guy coming back in, driving, you know, pulls up in his Beam, Beamer, Mercedes, whatever it was, nice ass car, uh, pulls up. <laughs> you remember and, it was nice. <laughs> shit, yeah. Uh, he was dressed nice, you know, to the nines, nice watch, everything comes in and Hey, you know, your, your restaurants, you know, the, 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 um, leases up or the, the listing. I want to renew the listing, you know, here, sign here. I want to re renew it for another six months. I'm like, no, I'm not sure. We're not going to renew right now. I don't know what we're going to do. Um, I sold it myself in three weeks. Uh, running an ad in the paper. And that's all I did. I didn't do anything. I ran an ad in the paper. Someone from Southern California contacted me. He wanted to open up. He worked in a pizza restaurant, wanted to open a pizza restaurant. And I negotiated with him, ended up selling it for 95,000. I was still ahead of the game because I would have paid 10 grand commission. Um, ended up selling it for 95,000. Took us a few more weeks to get all the paperwork and everything done. But literally less than a month and a half, I was out of the restaurant business and realizing Damn, that guy could have got a $10,000 commission if he would have spent a, a, a little bit of money on the, on the listing, but he didn't. He just listed it, talked to his broker buddies. Hey, you know anyone who wants a restaurant? No, let me know. And that's, that was word of mouth. That's how he was going to sell my restaurant. Well, if he would have put a little money and time into it, he would have been able to sell it and make a $10,000 commission. So that's what got no me into he thinking. He had no effort. He had no effort and didn't want to put the money into it. Sometimes it's like, well, you know, you got to invest. Yeah, you got to spend money to make money. And, and I know that in business now. And it's, it was like that in the restaurant business. So um, I started thinking, man, there's something to it. But really, the weirdest story was I was looking at what to get into. Sold my restaurant, was done with that. Thought about the real estate, but that's not what drove me into real estate. Uh, there was a guy that came in my restaurant, one of the families, because again, I told you great families used to come in and talk with us. And this guy came in, we were talking a lot. He was a Michigan fan. He saw me wearing a Michigan hat, so we would talk a little bit about it. And then probably about two months after I sold, I had video games, so I got the video games that were in my business. So I had still had those. I was collecting a little bit of money from the video game business that I had, but not much. I was looking, I needed money. I needed to figure out what I was gonna do next. Um, and I remember sitting at my desk one time and I'm looking through and Notre Dame and Michigan played that day and Michigan beat the crap out of them like 56 to three. And for some reason I'm like, you know, and I thought about him and I thought, so I called him. His name was Doug McKay. So I gave him a call. Hey, Doug, what's going on? What are you doing, man? You see that game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing? He was in the car business and he said, I'm actually working for a startup mortgage company. I'm like, really? He said, yeah. I said, what about the car business? He's like, dude, he knew me. He said, you're not getting in the car business. He said, you're a family man. The car business is not uh, for the you, family uh, man. Yeah. He said, dude, I know you don't even think about it. Um, he said, but I'm getting in the mortgage business. I said, dude, Doug, let me take you to lunch. He said, all right. So I took him to lunch a couple days later, sat down and I was contemplating going to barber college. I have a good, good friend that owns a barber, uh, barber salon, whatever you want to call it. And, and he said, I'll give you a chair, you know, and I was looking at it. Barber college was $10,000, 10 months 
eight hours a day is like a full-time job. And then you got to have your little internship at the end. And so I'm thinking 10 grand, 10 months, like 30 to 40 hours a week. That's, that's a lot of, you know, to cut hair. And then I took my friend to lunch, looked at it, called real estate school three weeks, like two hours a night, three nights a week <laughs> for three weeks, cost me $400 and I could do someone's mortgage loan and sell real estate. But yet it's going to cost me 10 grand, 10 months to cut hair. Yeah. I thought, man, this is a no brainer. Plus the, I, I was big about quality of life. I, I wanted to never miss one of my kids' baseball games. Uh, one of the, the stories that sticks with me the most is when I was young, I told you my parents, they just, they had to work. Um, I was a big baseball guy. I hit one home run my whole baseball career and uh, nobody was there. My brother was playing on the field next to me. My dad was at work. My mom was at work, you know, and that's just, I remember going around the bases. It's like, man, you're feeling great. And nobody, you know, my coach was excited, my teammates, but man, I wanted some family there. So you got the ball, you go home, you got your home run ball. Great. But it's just no not the there. same, man. Yeah, There's no, no video. Nobody saw it. I mean, it was all you had was the ball. Um, but I remember, remember growing up saying, man, this is something that I didn't want to, when my, when I have kids and they're, they're going through this, I want to, if my kids ever hit home run, I'm going to be there. And that was big for me. So when I got to selling the restaurant and looking for something, you know, the restaurant business would have never allowed me to be there for yeah. the kids. I mean, I needed to be open all the time and be there. So again, selling that was part of the decision. Um, but barber college and, and, and real estate school, I knew Barber College wouldn't allow me to be on the field on Saturdays coaching the kids. Um, real estate school would. So that kind of made the decision for me. It was cheaper, faster, easier. And um, I felt there was a big upside to it. Although it was in 2007 and the mortgage business was melting down. It was like the worst time to get into the business. Um, my wife's parents and grandparents thought I was like, what's he doing? I mean, what's he getting into this business? How's he going to support you? And me and my wife was always there for me. That's the one thing I will say that no matter what I wanted to do, opening a restaurant, I knew nothing about it. My wife's eight months pregnant, but yet always supported me, let me do what I want, had, you know, all the confidence that I would make it work. And I can't say that for a, a lot of wives out there that would sit back and be pregnant, no insurance, no money coming in and let their husband go open a restaurant that he knew nothing about um, and hope that it would work. But my wife was always supportive for me. She was always in my corner. He was always doing whatever I needed her to do. And, and she stepped up and started working part time in order to she'd work in the morning. I would do the restaurant in the afternoon and we did what it took to make it work. Um, but it was, you know, her support and us taking a chance, but it was one of the better things I've done. And, um, but I wanted to be there for my kids and that business allowed me to do it. Uh, so I got licensed, uh, went and hung it in and, and sat down with a guy who was starting that mortgage company and said, man, I want to work for you. And it was hard because they, they knew I knew nothing. It was the mortgage business was melting down. It was a company that only had three people working for him. So not much training. He's like, Rodney, I don't have much to offer you. Um, but you know, if you want to start, I, I, I think that you got enough motivation and drive. I'd love to give you a chance. And again, blessed that he gave, was willing to give me a chance to start a, my business knowing nothing. And, um, and but, you it? How, how did you handle those years, man? Well, <clears throat> I mean, I, I did, I, I had good habits. I, I was willing to go in and do anything that it took to get business. I was hungry. And, and um, I think me and you were talking at lunch the other day and, and, motivation, um, is one thing, but you know, I didn't have a crutch. I had nothing to lean on. There was, there was no option. I had to make it work. Yeah. Um, and you were talking the same thing. I'm like, Hey, Jose, how are you doing with the gym? And, and what'd you say? 
I said, I'll make this shit happen. No yeah. matter what, we'll make it happen. I said, what are you going to do if it's going to take six months? And you said the same thing. It doesn't matter. What if it's a year? I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it happen regardless. And I know that about you. And I was the same way. I mean, there's no way I was going to let it fail. I couldn't. Yeah. Um, people are, what motivated you? And my motivation stared at me in the mirror. And my motivation was laying next to me. And my yeah. wife and kids. And you got to make it work. So, yeah. Um, yeah I, 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 I was able to get in and... Um, hold open houses with real estate agents. I would work six, seven days a week at that time. Um, I would do whatever it took to get in front of people who could help me. Yeah. And I learned a lot about the business. I would call and, and just call banks and make up scenarios, pretend I had a buyer. Hey, I got a buyer that's got a really low credit score and they have no money down and what can we do? And they would help me structure the deal. So then I quickly figured out how to structure loans for borrowers. And then, you know, just slowly, Remember my first deal was my wife's sister. Um, all of a sudden I got lucky. I got, she wanted to buy a home, got uh, her pre-qualified. And then I took her to one of the biggest real estate agents in the office and said, Hey, I got a buyer here. They want to go find a home. Um, they already have a home they want to buy. So I basically handed him a paycheck yeah, pretty and much. said, here you go. And those real estate agents back in the day, you know, 3% commission on a 257 grand I handed him and he didn't know me from Adam, but yet um, said, Hey, here's a deal. I'd love to work with you. Show you, you what I can do. Right there. I remember. Yeah. He called me a couple weeks later and said, Hey, Rodney. So yeah, he said, you want to pre-qualify some of my buyers who are writing offers on my homes? I said, I'd love to busy work. It wasn't, it didn't really get to a lot of business, but it enabled me to get my phone to ring. So now all of a sudden people are calling me saying, Hey, I want to buy this house, but I got to call you first. Can you qualify me? So that helped me. But if I wouldn't have took that guy, that deal, I wouldn't have gotten that chance, yeah. which helped me again, get busy and stay busy. So yeah, I mean, things have happened and I won't say it's all luck, but I'm a true believer in God. I look back and, and believe that, you know, he didn't want me to grind my life out at dryer's ice cream. I mean, that wasn't his goal for me. Um, so he, he quickly, you know, closed the door, but he opened a window and, and all of a sudden I, I, you know, looked at, you know, calling my brother and just certain calls, my, you know, everything that happened, I can look back and go, man, it, it wasn't meant to be like this, but it is. And I look back and I, I can only thank God for, like I said, putting me on the right steps to where I'm at now. Because literally your whole life was like that. It was, it was literally, looking back. Like you as a little kid growing up, every little thing has been like, that. I can it's look crazy. back to one little moment in my life every time and look at it, how, how much it was a big game changer. And if that one little thing, if I wouldn't have made that one call that one day, if, if that one guy would have let us have a dog, if that, you yeah. know, I wouldn't have got laid off from this job. Just certain things that have happened have been truly blessings. But again, I can only thank, Thank God and, and know that there's just no way that this is all just luck. So, yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, man. Uh, one thing that I love that you said to me uh, when I talked to you when we had lunch that right now during this time has been one of your craziest, busiest time. Why? What? What? It's a combination. I mean, interest rates are really good right now. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been able to have my biggest. I've been a mortgage broker for 13 years now. Um, been very blessed. I've been, you know, in the, in the top three in my company for the last 10 years straight. Um, you know, one of their top producers, I was number one last year and I had my best year last year. And this year already is up by like 50%. Truly blessed. I, I honestly don't know. I think it's, it's a combination of the market interest rates, things like and that you. going on. Maybe. And you, well, That's I, why. I like to think I have a little to do with it. When I went it. to your office, you were the only one there. Well, 
So I'm if, still there working. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's got to be a big part of it too. Yeah. I besides, mean, besides all the other things you named, it sure. was you because you and one other person I know are not big on social media at all and have their businesses doing amazing, which is kind of, which nowadays is kind of like rare. I mean, people, you use social media to grow your business, you yep. use it as a business tool. I certainly do. Like social media for me is everything because that's literally my phone ringing. Sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if my social media ain't going off, something's wrong. Sure. My, sure. You know what I mean? So it's very important that my, I'm all on on it. I just got on Facebook for the first time in January. So yeah. I've been on for four months now and everyone's been on for a long time. Instagram. I mean, I'm just starting to, I, I hired a full-time marketing assistant two years ago, a year and a half ago. And that's another reason why my business has really been taking off. I, I put some steps in place. I did not want to, I want to grow my business, but I don't want to ever give up my quality of life. It's yeah. very important for me to be there for my kids, spend that time, be there to eat dinner with my family, be there on the weekends. So I will hire people to help me, my business grow, but I do, I'm not going to sell my soul and work yeah. 12, four, 12 hours a day, five, six days a week. That. This business will allow you to it's do not, that. It is not worth it. It's not. It Your kids not, grow up fast. Yeah, I mean, not worth it. life goes by so quick. I mean, if, if anything, that's the one thing is you yeah. got to enjoy it. So what you said that day when we had lunch, that day you told me you had your best month, you told me, I don't know if you remember this, but you told me personality is way more than any education. Remember we were talking yep. about it? Yep. That's the reason why I brought it up. That one is 100% I agree to the T because it doesn't matter what you know. If you can't talk to somebody, you can't build a relationship, you can't build this, that is your network, that is everything. And I think that is something you have uh, down so good besides that's what's getting you, blowing you up because the way you're taking care of all your customers and all that, you don't need social media because the warm your warm market of everybody you talk to is exploiting, exploding you up. Yeah. You know I mean, because how you taking care of them and your personality. Yeah. You know? I, I do feel education can only take you so far, but I feel like your personality can take you so much farther. I mean, people got to like you people do business with who they like. They don't do business with the smartest guy. Yeah. They don't look at your diploma on your wall and go, that's who I want to work with. Yeah. If so, I'd be screwed. <laughs> um, you know, my, Shit, my too. diploma <laughs> doesn't say nothing. So I'd be in big time trouble. Um, but I was blessed. I mean, not to brag, but I made more money this month than I made my whole last year at Dryer's Ice Cream uh, in one month. So, yeah. I mean, like I said, That's God huge. put me in this place. It is. And and with no education, uh, with very little education, mostly street education and just figuring out how to work and hustle, <clears throat> talking with people, how to relate to people. Um like I told you, that's the one thing I, I went strongly encouraging my kids to do is I'm not pushing college. I mean, if they want to go, I will support them. I have enough money to pay for them to go to college, but I'm not going to let them waste my money going to college just to go to college. I'm not going to pay for them to party. Um, and that's what colleges do a lot of times. Um, I rather him go get a job first in the service industry as a waiter, um, something working with people and figuring out how to talk with people, how to work on personalities and how to just relate to people. And yeah. I think that's going to take him so much farther. I said, you don't know, you know, that one person that you meet again, that guy coming into my restaurant with his family was a Michigan fan. That that call that day led me to something. If that guy never came into my restaurant that day or I never had that conversation with him, it would have never maybe led to what it did. I try to tell him that you got to have conversations and do something different. And you know, school is great and takes people pretty far in life, but it's not everything. And the black mirror now is really messing everybody up. Everybody being on their phone. So now yep. you're being less 
that's the being able to communicate talk is even worse now yeah eye contact i mean kids won't make eye contact with you very rarely well, one word one word answers yep Short answers, good. yeah, good. How you doing? Good. It's like really, give me something else. I'm yeah. doing okay. You know, you got to give something to build on. You got to be able to go back and forth. If you got one word answers, you can't have a conversation. Yep. It's really short and hard. And so I think these kids, you know, need to learn how to conversate and talk. And that's going to take them, is you know, the, farther than education. Is that a tip you would give to any any young man? Is that the tip you would get? You yeah. Learn how to talk, communicate, build yep. relationships. Yep. Personality. You know, go out there and and um, talk with people. Learn learn how to you know, mirror and match. And that's one of the things in my business. When I sit down with someone who's an engineer and they're very methodical and, and they're all about the numbers, I can't sit here and just talk about my life and how I got into doing loans and all. They don't want to hear that. They want to know what the numbers are, what their payment is, how much cash they need. That's it. Yeah. Then I know that if I got someone who's a more bubbly personality, then I need to talk it up. I need to get them to like me. It's not about the numbers. It's about them like trusting you. me and liking me and knowing, you know, that I'm going to take care of them and that I'm going to structure that deal the way that I would structure my own or my mom's deal. Yeah. And as long as they know that the numbers don't matter, they're going to yeah. trust me and they're going to, so I need to know who I'm dealing with and how to work with I that tell person. my trainers that all the time. You got to know who's in your class. Because mm -hmm. once you know who's in your class, you're going to know how you're going to act and how you're going to teach them. Yeah. Some yep. people want to joke around and fuck around as you're working out. Some people do not want that. Yep. So, you know, you one got, of the things that taught me the most, honestly, Jose, is what? coaching kids. Yeah. Coaching, coaching kids. kids and the, you're, I mean, I, I tip my hat to you. You're one of the best kid coaches I've seen. And it's in a different sport, but you really know how to relate to these kids. You know what they're looking for. Um, man, any any parents that are out there, if you don't have your kids talking with Jose, you need to because, again, I, that's what I like uh, about your business model now versus the old business model. You now have kids coming in in masses where before they didn't have kids in this gym. When I first started, there were no kids in this gym. They just didn't yeah. come in. Now you are working with the kids. But me coaching baseball and working with those kids, it taught me that little Johnny right here, he's not going to work very well if you tell him, you know, he sucks and, and get better. You need, this guy needs encouragement. This one over here, he needs you to get on him. He needs you to make yeah, him run laps different. and tell him, dude, you know, you suck today. You need to get better. Certain kids deal with different, different things different. and you got to figure out who you're, who you got. Like you said, who's in your class, who's yeah. on my team and deal with them all a little bit differently. And being a successful coach will help you also be a successful business owner in baseball and all that. But you also box. Remember you had those fights <laughs> with you. Yes. Yeah. How, well, how were those? They were good, man. It was another so you thing. You went actually right here in that corner and you <laughs> dropped the guy. Yep. And I was on the outside. I was in your corner. And as soon as you dropped them, I jumped up in the air. I was so yep. happy. I was pumped up. Like, hell yeah, Rocky dropped He fell right head. between my legs. But I still lost that fight somehow, man. Nah, it was bullshit. You it, was. it was bullshit. I, I agree, man. I, Come on. I think it was Where too. Where you get but your nickname from, Rocky? Tell everybody. You know, Rocky Marciano, when I walked in, you know, one of the old, Angelo, Angelo yep, yeah. said, dude, you know that guy looks like? And he actually had Rocky Marciano up on the wall. And, uh, and you do look like him. Yeah, so I, I do have a resemblance to him. So, yeah, yeah, all of a sudden then, you know, just started morphing from there. What did your wife and say about us calling you Rocky? She doesn't. She knows. Now it's just second nature. She, she hears it and knows exactly what it is. But, you know, sometimes. Did you show her the picture of Rocky Marciano? Yeah, she's seen it. Yeah, does she agree? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think I've showed her once, but yeah, I mean, because I've had conversations with her, and, and I I say Rocky, and she says Rodney. And I'm like, oh yeah, I fucking forget. I need to say Rodney. Yeah, no, yeah. she she does. She she definitely recognizes it more now, especially since she's been around you guys. You guys have been training yeah. her, and but yeah, you know that was 
you've always been in my corner, man, whether it's been, you know, in the ring or, or not in the ring. Um, I could always count on you, but every time I've ever gotten in the ring, you, you were my trainer, you were yeah. in my corner and it was good. man, it was fun. It was good times. I, I feel the same way about you, bro. And I appreciate you. I think, like I told you, you made a big, big impact in my life when I was 17 and all those, these are the conversations, this, all these things that you've been hearing right now on this podcast. This is what I was hearing as a 17 year old boy. For real, this story, this is what I was hearing. And and he was telling me, talk to people, get around people, da 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 So what what did my ass do? Talk to people, da 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 Started creating relationships with all these people. And all these opportunities that happened to him that, oh, so-and-so that like Michigan did that, well, same with me. So-and-so that was getting ready, getting rid of a gym, offered me a gym. So-and-so that this and that, it was because of the same thing that he, uh, that you taught me things that you told me is the same shit wow. same shit and but what happened is i listened i listened and then i put it to action i didn't just listen and kept going about my day i listened and i was like you know what shit it is working and i started being the most polite person in the world talking to everybody saying hello to everybody because i was not like this before uh and, and i'm just talking smiling and greet everyone well man you, you would i mean you would your your personality you've you've had yeah. it there i mean it may not have been shining at that time but you always have had it you've always been a people person people yeah. have always gravitated towards you um and you were always there i mean you you would reach out to us when we weren't in the gym so i mean i think part of that relationship was you 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 were a big part of that because yeah. when that, when you left this class. gym you would still reach out and see how we were doing and like i said yeah, how many trainers are going to be willing to come to my house at seven in the morning with their own bell and oh, yeah. uh <laughs> and be willing to train me because the you know i didn't want to go back to that gym because again this gym took a big hit when you left because mm -hmm. again your personality is what kept people coming here and yeah. when you left angelo was great i mean he was a good guy but you guys were the ones that people came for people kept coming back because you and david and those guys were here training when you guys all left at one time man this gym took a big hit and yeah but you were still willing to reach out and like i said come to my house and train me we were still able to stay in contact and have lunch and yeah, it was, and talk it about it and times. you've added as much value to me as i've added to you but uh um that group too was very easy to stay in touch with you guys were always talking shit yeah uh, i know we would uh, have fun in the mornings and this you know. fucking guy challenged me one day was it you who was the one who challenged me we were, just, we were just talking shit and i can't remember it was i don't know if it was this guy or mora i think it was mora or osborne one of you assholes. <laughs> yeah, but I was the only one that got oh, in the yeah. ring. And, yeah. and uh, so, they yeah, were, we were, we're talking shit. And, they were and like, oh, do far. you even know how to box? And then there's something like that. I was talking shit, yeah, and, and basically just calling out Jose, thinking that he ain't ever going to do anything about it because he was just our trainer. Well, that day he got a wild hair and decided he wanted to – he asked me to put the gloves on and get in the ring with him. But uh, he goes upstairs and pulls out these – 27 ounce. Well, how big are those bad boys? They're like 32 ounces. Man, these are these ass huge ass gloves. These things are like three times the size of normal gloves and puts these things on. And so I get in this ring with this guy and thinking I'm going to do something, man. But dude, you, what were you, how old were you? Probably 18? I'm like 16. Shit, man. Faster than hell. I remember you let me punch out. I thought I was going to be able to go in. I, I probably punched for about a minute and didn't hit you one time. Maybe grazed the top of your head, I think, once. And then before I knew it, I was in the corner with yellow gloves all in my face, <laughs> stars. I swear, I've been hit plenty of times. That was one of the only times I've ever seen stars, and it was with these 28-ounce gloves. But, uh, uh, yeah, man, I remember you telling us, don't tell Angelo. Yeah, I was about to get fired. <laughs> I just worked here. I'm yep. like, well, they find out I'm over here beating up the clients. But we talked enough shit fired. that you finally got enough of it. Said, all right, let's go then. Let's put them on. And uh, yeah, I won't make that mistake again. <laughs> it was it was hilarious. 
Oh man, good times. That was a good ass class, though. But that, uh, I love that class. Well, thank you. you took it easy on me this last time. I had to spar you when you lost the fantasy football. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. At least I didn't get hit this time with your smaller gloves. But yeah, uh, I told, I told, I told Oli I wasn't going to hit you. <laughs> so I, I'm thank, not going to hit Rocky. I appreciate that, man. I, I, I can't, can't take the hits like I used to. Nah. Anything you want to add, man? I love this. Uh, what, what, your, what you do now? What is so different between what you do, you? And when another loan officer, another mortgage broker, what separates you from them? What's what's the biggest thing? What would you say? Communication, everything. I mean, that's everything. Real estate agents and buyers, this is a big purchase. They want to know that you got it handled and that they're okay. And, and it's a 30-day process. So if you're not communicating with them, if buyers are calling you and you're not calling them back, they're thinking something's wrong. It's just, and that's the the stigma loan officers used to have is that they just didn't respond, that they, yeah. you know, uh, they want to know that, what's going on and you're not communicating when a, when a real estate deal is going on, I'm in charge of everyone's life. Basically, if that loan doesn't go through, you have a real estate agent that's selling a home that has a commission on the line. You have a seller that's selling a home that wants to move to another home. They're most likely buying another home and they're in contract to buy a bigger home. Yeah. You have a buyer that's buying that house and is relying on they're packing their stuff up and ready to move in. And then you have a buyer's agent that also is relying on a commission. So, so you got paychecks and lives on your line. <laughs> and if you, that loan, if you mess up and you don't know what you're doing, you miss the fact that a buyer had a divorce in the past or their credit score was too low for the program. You all of a sudden ruined a lot of people's lives really quickly. And it's just something that I've always taken pride in making sure that I cross the T's and dot the I's that I make sure I know what I'm doing. I research my guidelines. Um, but then I've been just blessed with business. Now that I do so many deals, the more deals you do, the better you are. Yeah, I mean, that's just better. the way it is. You more go to experience. a surgeon and you have a surgeon that's done three surgeries and you got one that's done 30. Who do you think is going to do better? I don't care if this guy's educated. This guy's done it 30 times. If there's a problem, he's probably seen it before. Yeah. It's the same thing with a loan. If there's a problem, I'm sure I've ran into it and yeah. I know how to fix that where some loan officers just unexperienced, don't do as many deals and just can't get that problem solved. And then, you know, people's lives are, are affected. So yeah. communicating, um, being there, looking at every deal as if it were mine. I never put my paycheck ahead of the client. I mean, it's not That's about important. my income. Yeah. It's about the client and getting that deal done. And again, being blessed with business, but even early I on, said that. I tell people that all the time. I think people are so focused on making money mm -hmm. and they're not thinking about doing the right thing, taking nope. care of the person. The money comes on its own. Amen. You Amen. don't got to focus on the money. Focus on just taking care of them and being a good person. What's the saying? You, you help enough yeah. people get what they want. They're going to help you. You get what you want. You don't yep. have to be selfish. You don't have to look only after your own. Um, do what's best for the client. And even if it's not that deal where you get paid, they will refer you. You, you did the right thing. They're going to send their family members to you. And mm -hmm. I'm not in this business for one year to make money and get out. I'm in this for the long run. And if I do the right thing on all these deals, eventually I don't have to sell myself. My clients yeah. tell me, call him. He's going to take care of you. You don't have to worry about nothing. Don't worry. He's, he's good. And that's why my business keeps growing year after year after year because more clients come back and they trust me. They don't, they hear all these news, you know, interest rates, 2.87 BS. They're not historic low. How can they always be at a historic low? They're not, it's just smoke and mirrors and they know that I'm not going to do that. So, yeah. you know, just communicating with them and being honest. And, um, I feel like business will continue to grow, but yeah, don't, don't, it's not about your one paycheck. You try to sell your soul for that one paycheck. People will know. And they won't send business your way. And 
you know, and, and just don't have, you know, commission breath, meaning if they can smell it, if you've got to have that commission so bad that you're willing to do anything for it, they're going to tell and they're going to, they're going to walk away from that. So yep. again, just, uh, do the right thing for the clients in the long run. Take care of them. Yep. It's, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. You got to be in it for the long haul. So, Amen. um, yep. That's what I would say. All right. I'm going to start asking you random ass questions. You ready? I'm ready. Uh, if you could, first one, if you can name this episode, anything, what would you name it? Oh man, dude! Uh, Come on, big yellow gloves. That's what you name it. I guess I don't All know, right. man. It's the last thing we talked about that sticks in my mind. All right, something that's gonna be catchy, and, and you name it, big yellow gloves. That's a good phrase. Man, I could. I, I'd have to think on that, man. I'm not real good on that. All right, All right. No, it's good. It's good. Favorite restaurant is sex. Uh, Chef's Table. It's in Roseville. You said oh, yeah, sack, yeah. No, but it's cool. yeah, Chef's Roseville. Table and well, Roseville Rockland is right there on uh, Lone Tree. Great place, man. Small place, hard to get in. Oh, but, reservation only? Uh, pretty much. There's a bar site that you can go in and sit down if you I can get I've in. But it's, Is it's, it right here by the Blue Oaks movie theater? Yeah, yes, sir. Yep. Yeah, I think I've right been across there. I've been there for lunch one yep, time. Yep, it's in that Applebee's parking lot. Yes. That new Applebee's is yeah, right yeah, there. I but yeah, there. Man, the place is really good. So What do you get there? Uh, Mary's Fried Chicken, Pesto Fries, but they have a off-the-menu peanut butter and jelly burger sliders. They are phenomenal. They have they got a little bit of like sriracha sauce and uh, peanut butter and jelly and on top of a burger. I'm telling you, it doesn't sound very good. You get it, <laughs> get it, sound man. Very good. I'm telling you, it's good. It's not on the menu. You well, I do see trust it, you because when we go out to eat, what do I do? <clears throat> yeah, you order. You just tell me to order for us both, man. Yeah, I say whatever you get, I get the same thing. And I would, I've, I would I've done never have. The, I would never have the balls to do that. Yeah, you have done that forever. Forever, ever since we our very first lunch date. So yep. now I still do that. Whatever Rocky gets, I get that. Exact I look forward to every thing. one of those, man. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, <laughs> Fucking peanut butter and jelly sriracha. I'm telling you, dude. <laughs> the sriracha is just a it little. Sounds uh, weird, bro. Yeah. On a burger. Just try it, man. All right, I'll try. I'll try. It. I'll take you to lunch there next Something time. Something about Rocky that nobody knows. Tell me. Um. Weird, but I'm still stuck on that. I I was jumped into a gang when I was 16 years old. My brother was pissed, but um, that's the group I was hanging out with. So, I mean, oh, yeah, no, it was, it was uh, like I said, a dumb decision. I was at a party drinking. They were all my friends, but I wasn't really, you know, as into it as they were. But, you know, that was something, you know, I did. It was probably a gang of like 45, 50 guys. It wasn't like, but down in Southern California, there's some big gangs down yeah, there. Yeah, and in my school, funny. that's all there was. I mean, you were, you were either in a gang, you were in sports or you were just kind of struggling to find your way. So that's one of the mistakes that I made was I gravitated towards more gang members than athletes. Yeah. And I wish I really wouldn't have, but yeah, that was one of the stupidest things I'd done, well, but that's something no one knows. Um, one thing, another thing, you're a Kings fan, baby. You're wearing a Kings hat. Yes, sir. I wasn't always, though. Yeah, you, you, you. I was a Lakers fan growing up, man, but I got swept into the madness just yeah. back when you were tired. I heard the, the one, the podcast with Bobby, man, and those years are what made me a Kings fan, man. I got swept up, and it was, you know, White Chocolate coming and Chris Weber, and, yeah. um, you know, th those guys made it exciting. So I was quickly just gravitated. I was in Sacramento. I'd go to some Kings games and got swept up, man. Big Kings fan now. And That's so we're like Kings, Bobby. Dodgers. Raiders big time so yeah. but yeah uh, yeah I did convert um, <laughs> don't tell uh, I guess that's another thing a lot of people don't know is I used to be a closet Laker fan so oh, really yeah but quickly quickly <laughs> got into the the, the Kings world you, Rocky. <laughs> converted to the dark side <laughs> yes sir right, anything you want to add no man just uh 
thank you for giving me the opportunity. I and mean, like I said, I know it's it's not something I'm really big on. And um, thank you for making it happen because I know you don't want to. No. Nah. Like I said, man, I do anything for you because I know you do anything for me. You always have, and uh, I would do anything. Yeah, for man, you. I'd always be you there might. for you. But um, no, man. Again, thanks for the opportunity. I hope it helps some people out there do something different with their lives. For sure, um, kids, just you know, go out there and and learn how to conversate. Yep, go talk on. to people. Yep, talk um, to people. How can we get? In, how can we stay in touch with you? How can we? Um um, how can we how can we connect with Rocky? Like I said, I'm not really. I, I got a Instagram. Am I great to be Rodney? Um, other than that, you just reach out, call me. Um, I give out my cell phone, man, on my business. And my business is my cell phone. People are like, why you give out your cell phone? It's because that's what it's always on me, man. I need to be responsive. But um, you can go to my website if you ever wanted to get information. And that's uh, RodneyPAnderson.com. And that's my website. It has you know, all my bios and where I've been and people, all my clients talking about, you know, things that I've done for them. And, but yeah, there's anything I can do for anyone out there. Um, just financial advice. Yeah. Um, even though I'm a mortgage broker, I look at the whole financial picture and, and look at ways to, to improve people's financial lives, whether it's, you know, consolidating debt, refinancing a house or using down payment assistance to get into a home. That's, that's really big. That's where I love my job the most is first time home buyers, people who didn't think they could buy, you help them rebuild their credit because their credit's thrashed. You can rebuild their credit, get them down payment assistance and they're into a home in a short period of time and they never thought they could. And and those, those, those people are fun to help. Oh, that is super cool. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I think that's it. I thank you so much for being on it. Yeah. I appreciate uh, it, man. We out to get back in this ring. Yes, sir.